Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! And Chiefs Kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Hello and welcome to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. My name's Owen and I'm joined today by three of the lovely Arrowheads Abroad members, Tom. Hello. Duncan. Hello. And Neil. Hello. So it's been quite a busy week um, for the Chiefs Kingdom and for the NFL as a whole. Um, we got our first taste of sports or NFL action for a while with the NFL draft um, and there's been various other Chiefs news. Um, so get us started off with uh, Dustin Colquitt. Um, one, the longest tenured chief um, was released by the team on, was it Tuesday? Am I right? Was it Tuesday? I think it was. No idea. I've lost track um, of what day it is. Days don't matter anymore. Just, just yeah, just we're all, they're all blended yeah. into one with the uh, lockdown, isn't it? Uh, um, but I think it was Tuesday. Uh, Dustin Colquitt was uh, unfortunately released by the team. Um, what are your guys' feelings on that? Uh, Duncan, do you want to go ahead and start? I mean, I guess at first it was a bit unclear as to whether it was a retirement or whether he was released. Um, he appeared to get ahead of the story with his Instagram post and it, it certainly read as if it was released more than retirement and a bit of back and forth on the on the old Twitter, um, everyone having their, their say. Um, I guess when it turned out that he was actually released and it certainly appeared that it wasn't on his terms, I mean, that doesn't doesn't sweeten the blow any. Um, you've got to love yourself a bit of Dustin. Um, I bought myself a number two jersey the same day uh, and hearing that, it needs to be, needs to be done. Um, at the same time, it's a, a it's a business, right? Um, it's tough. You could save what two million against the cap uh, for a guy who's barely really getting used the way we play these days. So um, harsh, but sadly necessary, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, obviously, he was the longest tenured um, chief, and he must have had plenty of memories along the way. Um, so, Tom, do you have any uh, favourite memories of Dustin Colquitt's time as a chief? Um, I mean, some some of his <laughs> some some memories of a punter can can be quite hard to come by. But when he's been here for the amount of time he has, you know, the, there's a plethora to choose from. But I, I I'm just going to go with one just because I watched it the other day. Uh, his Super Bowl interview, which I didn't actually see after the Super Bowl, but any Super Bowl content that I can get my hands on that I haven't seen, I'm all for. <laughs> and I watched his um, Super Bowl and he uh, interview, and he was talking about his time with the Chiefs and he's saying how this team feels different now um, he's been on some bad teams hasn't he um, and he was just talking about <laughs> <That's the> truth <laughs> <laughs> he, he's been used a lot more in the past than he has been recently um, but he was just talking about doing snow angels with his kids in the confetti and I just think that moment for me is so I'm just so happy that he got that moment he deserved it with everything that he's gone through with the Chiefs and for him to get his his ring well he hasn't got it yet but when he gets his ring and, and to win it with the Chiefs after being here such a long time and our longest tenured player to win a Super Bowl is is a great moment for him so that's what I'm going to go for Yeah um, I mean he had uh, 238 games across his career with the Chiefs um, yeah uh, and over oh, does anyone want to hazard a guess at how many punts he took or does anyone know how many punts he took during his career 1,140 one, 1, something ooh close uh, 1,124 um, and any idea of how many yards he racked up with those uh, over 1,000 punts um, I think I, I think uh, 50,000 guess oof so close 45,000 ish uh, it was 50,393. So I've, I've probably 50, seen that somewhere to get that <laughs> close. I wonder how many punts he's done since Mahomes has been here. That's Not probably many. an interesting stat. He's, he's punted less times than any other punter since yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, so he had, um, he had I've, I've actually got his stats in front of me here. He had back-to-back career lows. Um, well, the two lowest uh, amount of punts in his career were in 2018 and 2019. 
Um, his lowest beforehand was 65, and then in 2018, 2019, he punted 45 and 48 times. So nearly 20 less in those two years than he had done his entire the rest of his career, which is wild. Yeah. Not, um, not to preempt our, uh, our draft chat, but on, on Saturday, no, again, days all lost. Um, <laughs> when was the draft? Draft was Thursday, Thursday. right? Weekend. So, so Friday after, um, after, the, after the draft day one, I tweeted out like, that, that one kind of sneaky loser from, from our draft was Dustin Cockett because he might never get to punt again. Um, now, I also thought that that meant because we were never going to be stopped again. Um, I didn't realise that how uh, I'm not I'm not claiming to be some sort of sage, but uh, sadly <laughs> that's that's come true. Um, Pre- Prescient think is a word you're looking for there. That'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a bit sad. I mean, like you say, it's a it's it's a it's a release, not a re- retirement. So um, he's he's free to join any other team, and um, I, I think he's got every right to to go and get a job somewhere else. Um, I wouldn't grudge him that one little bit even if he ended up in the same division why um, would he though like realistically I mean he's got nothing to prove to anyone he's got a, he's had a fantastic career he's won the Super Bowl now I'm fairly sure he's not going to be short of cash um, so like unless he's desperate to carry on playing just go out on a high thanks Dustin you've had a fantastic career you're your teammates, so many teammates have been on Twitter saying not only was he a good punter, but he is such a nice guy. Um, you know, everybody loves him. Just go out on a high, Dustin. Thanks for the memories. You've 15 seasons, you've been fantastic. Go and enjoy it. Yeah, I think it does come down to just his, whether he loves the game that much or he wants to get back out there. But um, it certainly wouldn't be the uh, worst way to go with um, a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Um, yeah, um, and from upsetting Chiefs news of uh, Dustin's release to uh, slightly questionable Chiefs news with um, the whole Bashard Breeland incident um, which got released Tuesday evening um, now he was caught with I think it was, was it marijuana and an open open container of alcohol in his car in South Carolina um, yeah and T- two beers and a bottle, of, a bottle of tequila I think oh was it oh right I, I didn't know that was yeah, the details of it but yeah um, and it, uh, was it also he didn't have a license or was that just me imagining that I've seen that somewhere I think I might have seen something as well. I don't know. That might be just my imagination, but um, <laughs> that may be. Um, yeah, and it's just got released two hours ago that um, he's going to be suspended for four games, but it was already a suspension that he was going to be serving anyway that hadn't been released yet from a previous substance abuse um, <laughs> substance abuse uh, problem that he had. I think it was the one when he first joined the Chiefs uh, from Green Bay. Uh, and we've got any thoughts on that or any feelings towards what's, what's happened in the past couple of days? He's stupid. If if it's true, and he's done what it would appear he's done, then he's stupid. Yeah, I d- got to try not to comment on on these sort of things in terms of with what happened last year with Tyreek Hill. You just don't know how it's been reported, and uh, I put it in our group chat this morning, and straight away uh, John came back and said, "Well, you know, he's replied to that on Twitter and said, oh, someone stopped him and threw it in his car.' But I mean, no one's ever done that to me." at a petrol station so it's <laughs> it's it, it is one of them it, it's not a good look and it's just it's unwelcome he's already got that four game ban that we know about now that's come out today which isn't helping the team I, I just think sports people in general in this day and age with with the amount of cameras and people trying to set them I think you've just got to be trying and be smarter than than maybe he's been I, I don't yeah. know yeah I mean not to not to dredge up old Chiefs news, but the one thing that we know is that if he's been dishonest about what he's done and mm. his claims are not backed up by the evidence, then he'll be off the team sharp. You know, um, we we saw that a couple of years ago. We are, um, uh, it's, it's, I don't. Know. I mean, it's apparently the whole of the league knew that he was facing four game suspension, so that's that's not new news as such. Um, uh, maybe it's a um, a good day to hide bad news with, with that. Um, I used to work with someone who, when he went to meet clients, would always ask for all the bad stuff to go in um, at the same time. Because he said, if you're going to 
if you're going to post one turd, you might as well post two. So um, <laughs> there may be an element of that with, with releasing the news of, of his suspension as well. Um, get it all out there at once. Um, yeah. But you're right, it's not it's not a good look. Um, not something we need coming off of, you know, when we should be, or when we, we're just, we're celebrating, patting ourselves on the back for returning 20 of 22 starters, you know, all, all the things we know about, you know, um, and it turns out there's speed bumps already. Not I, hope, um, I hope they did know about the um, four-game suspension before the draft because I'd like to think that, that we knew about that going into our draft and our draft process. We saw what happened last year with Tyree Kill and do we select McCall Hardman if the Tyree Hill situation wasn't the, the way it was. So as long as they knew that before the draft so we had a chance to prepare for it. I think they have looking at their draft class as well. So it's, it's unfortunate but I just hope that we're not in the dark on everything that's going on or going on. Yeah, um, I think the um, the NFL and the Chiefs um, in particular, it would be quite interesting to see how they deal with the situation as well because of the new um, collective bargaining agreement that was recently signed as well by the players. Because it mentioned in the agreement that there'll be li lighter penalties for um, marijuana and um, drug-related offences uh, in the league. And also, they said, obviously, with the new playoff format, Every game is going to matter now in the NFL, and if he's gone for four games, with with there only being one team per conference getting the getting a bye in the first week of the playoffs, every game is going to matter more than ever now. So, how much do you think his his absence in four games will affect the Chiefs down the line? Well, we've got two rookie um, cornerbacks, haven't we? Basically, in this draft class, so I imagine that's just going to mean that one of them is going to have to step up because that leaves us with Ward and Fenton, right? Yeah, if he's got yes, four games, yeah. so it's Sneed and Keys, the two yeah. the two rookies. Unless you're going to put Tyron Matthew in a slot, or I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how they they play it. At least we've got two more rookies on the roster, and God knows however many undrafted free agent guys they've got in that building. And Ward was one of them, so you never know. There might be a guy that that can step up for us. We're going to blatantly steal something off the internet here, so I, I was just scrolling Twitter earlier uh, and I saw someone comment and it, it makes total sense. So apologies to whoever said this originally, but uh, they made, the, they made the, the point that we we played two and a half, three games, four or however many it was last year without Patrick Mahomes, mm. still win the Super Bowl, so we can probably survive a handful of games without Bashad Breland. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed he's right. And I also saw something from, um, I think it was Pete Sweeney from uh, Arrowhead's Pride. Um, he tweeted earlier that the Chiefs are 31st in the league for the amount of salary that's going towards cornerbacks. So we're second lowest in the league for cornerback um, costs. Um, do you think that the Chiefs should have invested more in the cornerback situation if they knew about Bashaw Breeden? Or do you think it'll, it'll all be okay and we'll, we, we'll, we'll come back from it all right? I wouldn't have invested more, but I would have drafted one first, but that kind of leads into our next one. Um, as we said in the podcast when we did the mock, one of the things about your first round pick is that you're getting a player on a cheap salary. So if you're getting a cornerback and not paying him 12 million a year and paying him 2 million a year, then you're better off. Um, you can you can get a good player on a relatively low amount of money, um, but obviously we didn't do that, so... Yeah, we waited until the third round, was it we drafted Sneed? Or was it the fourth? Fourth, fourth round, right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well that is a perfect segue onto the draft, uh, and um, <laughs> more bright news, because um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like the Chiefs draft, I think we drafted well, um, we filled some positions of need, um, so what did you guys like about the Chiefs draft this year? Um, go on, I'll go first. I, I like that we filled needs to an extent um, I like uh, Willie Gay in the second round I think speed at linebacker was something we needed we've got um, depth at cornerback we picked up a couple of those yet yeah, good um, I, I have well I, I can't quite say I have reservations about the first round pick because I can, I can understand the logic behind it um, it's just not the logic I would have used I don't think I would have gone cornerback. There were a couple of good cornerbacks were there at the time. I think it was a bigger need, and you're basically choosing whether you want to score forty points a game 
or you want to keep the opposition under 30 um, is kind of how I would look at it Chiefs have decided we're going to score 40 points plus every game I, I would have kept it the other way around but I'm, I'm sure uh, Edward Sir is going to be a very good player for us and we're going to frighten the bejesus out of opponents defences um, but it's not necessarily how I would have gone in the first round yeah I was I, I wasn't crazy going into the draft I wasn't like yeah let's let's get a running back I know I know Tom was um, on Twitter he was a big advocate of getting a getting a running back and I was I was neither here nor there on it but I think I, I still think Patrick Queen was our pick there and when he went to the Ravens I think they went I think with Green Bay trading um coming to get their quarterback I think that screwed us in terms of trading back and I think at that point they went who's going to be the biggest maybe difference maker and and you know what the more the the more time goes on the more you read into it and I, I I'm really really happy with what they've done because I, I look back to last season and I hated on our running backs like you wouldn't believe I, I didn't like any of them um I look, you had to shut up a little bit in the Super Bowl after what Damian Williams did and I've got to respect what he did but I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be brilliant for us I think it's just the perfect fit and I don't I don't think it's a bad move for us to go and get a running back and the reaction from the rest of the league that you've seen to that pick as well is exactly what you want when you when you draft a running back so it's, it might be frowned upon to, to pick a running back in the first round but it's the last pick of the first round and then you look at the amount of running backs that went in the second round. Well, our next pick wasn't till the end of the second round. So if we needed one, why not go and get the best one that fit our scheme? Yeah, um, and I, th- I think when um, when the Chiefs or when the Chiefs selected Clyde over to her, um, I feel like there was a collective shiver down all the spines of the uh, NFL defensive coordinators yeah. in the league um, because this offense next year it, it looks like it's going to be crazy. Um, I mean, Damon Williams had a great Super Bowl, like you mentioned. Um, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, he's catching out the backfield. He's got great lateral movement. He's, he's, he's a really good player. And he's also the player that I think the, the Chiefs front office and Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if you saw or not, um, he mm. even said that he was the guy that he wanted the Chiefs to get. Um, and it seems like he's a really good fit for Andy Reid's system. And he should um, should excel, I think, um, under Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I, I know in one of these podcasts before I said if you could sign any player from any other team I'd have Christian McCaffrey because we'd be unstoppable and I think he is a pretty good comparison to Christian McCaffrey but at the same time I, I think our needs elsewhere were bigger than our need at running back our offense goes through Patrick Mahomes and the passing game and if you can stop that and to be honest there were very few teams who even came close to stopping that our, our offense wasn't dictated fail or pass or fail by a running back um, so not having him wasn't the end of the world but I think uh, we found uh, it harder though I think it, I think we found it a lot harder not having a guy like Kareem Hunt though but only when Andy went in his shell in the second half because we're already Maybe. leading by 20 points <laughs> I think what we've now got is someone well let's say uh, we, we live or die by, by Patrick Mahomes' arm but we've now put if if this guy turn is the player that we think he is, then we've now added another question that these DCs have got to try to to answer. You can't you can't just lean on your on your cornerbacks, um, you know, to try to get out, out of trouble here. Um, we've added another you know another option, another string. We, we were scoring here. thirty points a game last season anyway. You so know, yeah. forty nine. <laughs> well, yeah, we will, but. <laughs> This this is what I really like about um, about the the way that Veach and Reed draft, and I don't necessarily know it's specific to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, he looks like a cracking player, and like you say, the best the best runner back on the board. So if that's what we thought we wanted, then like you say, go and get him. What I think I really like about how they draft is that they have they, they have their own draft. They're not reactive at all. They're very much picking the players that they want. They know what they want. They know. I think they know who they want, and I think they know when they want them. And I don't I think they feel they need to, to react. They're not. I don't think they're swayed by names. You know, oh, there's Patrick Queen, or you know, someone else. You know, the, the big name players that are meant to go in the first round. Everybody thinks he's going to go in the first round. We have to get him. You know, there's not. There's nothing like that about what we do. Very, very comfortable with them, with themselves, and what they and what they want. There's no, um, there's no second guessing what they do. 
Um, I, I really like that about them. Um, if, if, as a team, if we go out and do the same thing that everybody else does, everyone expects you to do, it's very difficult to separate yourself from the pack unless you have someone who is next level elite like Patrick Mahomes. So now we've got him, we've got that leeway to go and do our own thing. And I think we've made it very, very difficult for other teams to stop us now. Yeah, I think with free agency before the draft, what I like about what Brett Veach does is he minimises our weaknesses as much as he can in that section. And then that frees you up to go and take your best player available. And yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was your best player available, so we took him. That's fine. Um, but it, it, he, that's what he does really well, is that he takes away the glaring needs. So you don't have to draft a cornerback, or you don't have to draft a linebacker because you've got nobody else or the ones you've got a crap. You know, you you can take a running back if you want to take a running back. If you think he's what's going to put you over the edge later on in the season, hmm. take him. No, yeah. exactly. it, feels like a, it feels like a draft for now in that some of the players we drafted look like day one starters, so they make the team better. But the, but like you say, because of the work done pre-draft, it's a draft for the future as well, because we're not going to have to lean fully on these guys to be you know, elite contributors, because we've got 20 guys that started the Super Bowl back. Yeah, yeah what, what I like about it is, is what Duncan said as well. In terms of him, he just picks players that you might not necessarily expect like I don't know about you but when he's just about to announce the name in the draft you like kind of willing him to say a certain name and then a totally different name you go huh but the Willie Gay pick I really like and the Niang pick I really like as well because at the time the Willie Gay pick we kind of expected via the media maybe him to go in the third or fourth round and we pick him because we think that he's the best fit for our defence and the speed there is great but Niang's there as well who's going to develop and I just really like that he's picked guys that you might not necessarily have thought that we'd pick but the more you read into them the more they make sense like we don't I'm not I'm not scout so I don't know crazy amount about all these guys but what you read after the fact and then you go yep that fits that fits that fits that fits and I really like what he's done in the draft yeah, um, and one thing that I especially liked as well um, was in the seventh round when we actually traded back in to get uh, Thicarious Keys. Um, yeah. I thought it was really interesting because um, Brett Veach has a history of being um, aggressive and trading up and getting these picks and it looked like he wasn't going to do it and it looked like it was going to be his first draft where he didn't trade up um, and then he snuck in right at the end there in the seventh <laughs> round. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see what Keys does um, in training camp because um, I feel like when once the draft's out of the way everyone across all NFL fan base they just start googling and searching and looking on YouTube for all these players that they've just their teams just drafted and all their highlights um, and I think it's a really interesting time just to see all these guys and see what they can do in the future so he timed that almost to the second perfectly because I was just going to bed just plugging my phone in <laughs> and I saw someone in the in the WhatsApp group had said oh we're back in so I was just able to go back onto the, the Twitter account and post about you know where you know there's there's a there's a fight left in the dog or whatever, um, but yeah, ten minutes later and we'd have missed that. We'd have been late to the party uh, <laughs> reporting that. He's yeah. going to be a fun guy to follow as well because he's got a cool nickname, hasn't he? Is it Bo Pete? His nickname. Bo Pete. Yeah, it'll be yeah. quite fun to um, to track what he does as a seventh round pick. <laughs> I mean, his, his name's already Thacarius. That's a cool name already. He's got a yeah. great name. Yeah. I mean, that's, did I? So what have we got? Uh, God, I should have written this down. We've got a Thacarius. A Charvarius. Um, there's, another, there's another name that rhymes with that. Legerius uh, Need in the fourth round. Yeah, Legerius, yeah. there we go. Um, do we have Tiverius. three D Williamses and a D Wilson? Yes. <laughs> for those you've of got, us for those of us facing three AM Twitter commentaries um with school the next day. Uh, that's not a that's not a uh, that's not a pretty prospect. We just got um, to start putting numbers. <laughs> nah, we just need to trade some of these guys away. That's the. There's there's no way I'm writing Lejarius and Takarius every time they touch the ball. Do you think that's one of the reasons for his Bo Pete nickname? Just to make things easier. <laughs> it's quite straightforward. Bo Pete, that'll be all right. Yeah, excellent. Um, so. 
once the NFL season gets underway again and we're in week one um, and the Chiefs offense trots out onto the field for the first time who do you guys see starting at running back for the Chiefs Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Damian Williams or anyone else Clyde Damian Williams I'm going Clyde you might as well line them both up you could, yeah, I mean we've got better wide receivers but you could line them both up in a two two running back set and then you're going to have to respect the run and then that opens up room for Tyreek Hill and Watkins and Hardman they've just got so many options haven't they I think you'll probably see a healthy dose of both yeah I think Andy Reid's track record suggests Damien Williams is it's his job to lose at the start of the season anyway um, how long how long that the case is for I don't know I mean I, I saw an interesting they'll be, they'll be putting out packages where Edward Solaire is in them but I, I for the start of week one I would be very surprised if it wasn't Damon Williams. But Edward Tillet will get touches in that first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Um, I think uh, Damon Williams will be the... Um, is, I think he will be the start of week one. Um, I think he's earned that, especially from the Super Bowl and from that playoff run he had. Um, I think he's performed well enough. And I think the Chiefs, Chiefs organisation trust him. They know that he knows the system. Um, but I would just love to see Patrick Mahomes in shotgun behind that offensive line with... Clyde on his left and Damian Williams on his right and then mm. Travis Kelsey in the slot with Tyreek Hill and McCole Harmon on the wide I just, I just I just think of that offense in my head and I just I just if they land up like that I just don't know how defense is going to react to it, it, it it's it's going to be a fun season for the Chiefs fans I think for, for sure <laughs> um, but aside yeah. from the Chiefs who do you who do you think in the AFC West had good drafts as well what uh, other teams did you like and what picks in particular did you like Denver I really like Denver's draft. Um, it, it looked a really solid draft. They loaded up on wide receivers, but good choice wide receivers as well, unlike the Raiders, who I would question some of their picks. <laughs> um, but I, I thought Denver just did a really solid job of surrounding Drew Locke with talent. Um, I like Sutton, I like Fant, I like Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Freeman still there. And then you add the two wide receivers that they picked up as well. They're, they're looking for a shootout. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I, They're, they're going to get one. It's, they're going to be 30-30 games each time we play them. The thing that gives you hope is that the biggest thing that turned everything around for the Chiefs, because you could have all the weapons that we've got now, if you put an average quarterback back there, I'm sure they'll be above average. But you're probably looking at an Alex Smith situation where we don't know what Drew Locke is yet and you can put all that talent around him. If Drew Locke's not the guy, then they're going to have a hard time keeping up. And even if they have an elite guy, we've still got Patrick Mahomes, which I think gives us the biggest edge over anyone in this division. It's like the Raiders have gone and got Ruggs and he's their their saviour and he's going to be their Tyreek Hill, which I find hilarious in itself. Um but they, Carr isn't going to be able to throw the ball to him. So it's not going to matter. These things aren't going to matter in a game where your quarterback can't throw the ball to him. I mean, at least at least what Denver did, uh, or Denver have over, um, well, what is it? Vegas, Las Vegas. Sounds strange. Uh, we'll get used to it. Um, yeah. You know, they, they know who their quarterback is. You know, they've they've obviously settled on, on Drew Locke. He got a... Mm. You got a chance to sit the start of the season, you know. Um, uh, I, I guess in a Patrick Mahomes-ish kind of um, situation, um, but they obviously all in on him as their as their QB one now, which is which gives them an advantage. They obviously think he's the guy, you know. So they've got that, you know, chance to hit the ground running. The, the we don't know who Gruden thinks is his is his number one, and the, the Chargers have obviously got a rookie now, um, which is another strange kind of call because it turns out that they didn't actually know who they wanted and they themselves have said that they would have taken Tua or Herbert quite happily which doesn't, doesn't instill <laughs> whoever it is with a great deal of confidence that he's their guy but um, they didn't draft badly either I don't think um, but I'm with Neil I think the, I think the Broncos edge it um, for me yeah I think they've they've done the right thing because whoever Drew Lock is they're going to find out now because there's there's no excuses in that in that offense and and fair play to them that they really, they really have put some talent around him. 
I, I think he's wicked. But like Dunga said, going back to the Chargers thing, uh, I wouldn't be crazy, crazy happy as a Chargers fan that you've got Justin Herbert because is he the is he the guy that the organisation wanted? Well, I, d- I don't see how they can say yes because they'd have taken anybody. They'd have taken Joe Burrow to a uh, Herbert. They just wanted a quarterback. They didn't care who it was. That, that's what it screamed to me anyway. I'm sure these guys are are above average good quarterbacks. We don't know how good, but it's not like the Chiefs who have gone Patrick Mahomes, our guy. We're going to trade up, and he's the guy that we want. Like, there was no certainty to what they did. They just let whoever fall to them, and they were going to take him. They must have. They must like him because yeah, they, they were free. Like they were free him. agent. There's you know the good free agent veterans sitting out there still Cam with Newton's their jobs. Still out there. Exactly. Um, you know, unless someone has. The medical stuff on him that we don't know about, or he just rocks up at New England, and yeah, you know, uh, who knows? But you know, James Winston, he was still there, you know, still unemployed on day one. Um, you know, he could do for a year if, if you if you fancy some of the next year's draft. So you you kind of have to. I guess I'm assuming that they like Herbert enough, you know, to stick a lot of eggs in his basket. Um, like you say, whether or not they've they've necessarily given him the confidence boost on day one that he needs, I don't know. Having said that, I do think they'll uh, start with Tyrell Taylor. Um, I don't think they'll send out Justin Herbert straight away. Um, I think an, an interesting stat I saw on Twitter, actually, um, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, um, Tyrell Taylor, I, from what I saw on Twitter, he's got a, a winning quarterback record um, in all the games that he started. Um, and he's played for teams like the Bills and the Browns when they were in the middle of rebuilding and he still managed to have a cube, uh, like a positive win record um, which I think is quite an interesting stat um, so I think Tyler Taylor will, will still start for the Chargers um, and then it'll be a similar situation to Drew Locke where um, they'll see week by week how, how Tyrod's getting on and their situation to see whether they want to put Justin Herbert forward um, but it's an interesting pick for sure um, I'm not sure whether it's the guy they wanted, I think Chua might have been the um, the preference, but obviously he wasn't available. So we'll see how Justin gets on. Um, well, you say he wasn't available. Like the Lions were allegedly desperate to trade out of number three. So if the Chargers really wanted their choice of quarterback, and if they really wanted Tua, they would have gone up and because they went back up into the first round. To get Murray, they packaged what second and third picks for Murray to come back into the first round. So if they wanted to move, they were willing to move. And they weren't willing to move up to three to get to her, so... I just hope that um, with all of the teams, with the sweeping changes that have been made with the three teams along with us in, in the in the AFC West, I just hope that we have a fair amount of our divisional games early on because I think the Broncos will be a lot stronger team at the end of the year than they will be at the start of the year when they're trying to figure things out, especially on a short off-season. If we can get the Chargers Raiders and at least a game against them each uh, in early in the early part of the season and hopefully the schedule's good to us that's going to really help because we I, I really do think that we'll hit the ground running and if we can knock off a few divisional wins against them while they're still gelling that would be ideal for us yeah um, but if you had to pick between uh, I assume that you guys are thinking that the Chiefs and the Broncos had the better the two better drafts um, this year if you had to pick between those two uh, who do you think had a better 2020 draft Broncos. <laughs> I'd, honestly, I'd say Denver. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Um, I think they, they just they just stacked up on offense. They got a couple of good pieces on defense as well. Um, yeah, and I, the Chiefs had a good good uh, a good draft for filling some holes we needed and getting some extra firepower on offense. But for all round improvement, I think I think it's Denver as well. It's, it's difficult though because are you going to swap our draft for their draft? Because they're not needs that we need. No, but the, I think they filled the needs that they had very very well um, you know they, they they stacked up some decent players in positions that they needed to be stacking them in um, I think they've done they've done everything they can to help Drew Lock be successful yeah. as soon as he can maybe not this coming season but the following season probably better again um, I just I just like what they drafted. You looked at their picks and you went, yeah, I can see why they did that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. With the Chargers, you kind of go in, 
um, did they want Herbert? Did they not want Herbert? With the Raiders, you're going, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Damon Arnett in the first round <laughs> when he's a third round grade on everyone else's board. He didn't even um, have the box with all their stuff in it, right? He wasn't yeah. even on camera. Yeah. He didn't even <laughs> have a cap, right? <laughs> what the hell? And. I mean, we've just—it's weird, right? Because we've just said we like what Veach does because he thinks outside the box a little bit. Um, he's not necessarily making the obvious picks, and that's fine. But that's really left field, right? <laughs> but you know what? Their picks are higher though, as well. Like when your picks are higher, I feel like the first fifteen, twenty picks in the first round are guys that everyone knows about, and they did it last year with Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, is it? yeah, they picked really early, and that was left field. Sometimes, I do you think that Mayock's just trying to be cleverer than everyone else? <laughs> they drafted a guy who was wearing a dressing gown. Oh, man, that, <laughs> that right. So they've either picked him so early that he's not ready yet, <laughs> not dressed, <laughs> just jumped out of the shower, or it's the biggest power play of the draft. Right, you've got guys like two are sitting there looking really sharp with with that suit on. And he's just gone, Dad, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to put my dressing gown on, right? So what? Um, Who's Kurt, whose curtains was oh. it you were slating? <laughs> oh, that wasn't me. Um, uh, who, who was slate? Was it Joe Burrow's curtains? Yes, that was, Cra- that was Kramer. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Kramer. Um, he's, a, uh, he's our German member that, that comes over for the meets. Um, yes, which didn't go massively down well with some of our uh, Midwestern listeners. Uh, I think um, uh, a little bit of local knowledge there. I think um, I'm gonna have yeah. to Google it. I'm, I'm gonna Google his curtains quick. <laughs> I didn't see this. But this is the thing. I mean, so what, what did you guys actually think of the draft as a as a spectacle? It kept me up until half past five in the morning, so it was all right. <laughs> it was better than no sport. I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. Um, I, Roger Goodall, yeah, he did okay. I thought. Um, bit of cheesy pantomime acting at times I could probably have lived without oh, I could have, yeah, I could have done um, but generally speaking for the situation that we're in at the moment I thought they did a pretty good job and uh, it was from my point of view it was more the chat we were having um, on the whatsapp groups because you know it was first round Thursday night first round I went to bed at half past five Friday night I think it was about four o'clock when I went to bed uh, so it, it kept me engaged. It kept me interested all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing they did um, as much as I could with obviously what they had. Um, I really liked how um, Roger Goodell. I know he does it normally, but how he played up to the uh, booze like he normally does with all the fans in the background on the screens. I don't know if you got caught. I think it was at the beginning of the, um, the very beginning of the draft when he first came on. Um, yeah. he, he was playing up to those booze quite uh, quite well, which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah, but like I said, with, with what they had, um, I think they did. They did particularly well to. Uh, I think it was uh, on Duncan's radar as well how he slowly just sunk into that chair <laughs> the evening. He had so much energy for those first five picks, and he just by our pick he was he was like, on that chair. I have, I have to admit, I really I like he really grew on me, and I don't know why. Like he he was devoid of any charisma <laughs> when he was doing it. Right, it really it really wasn't great. And like you say, the kind of David Brentish. Turning to the yes. camera, you know, geeing everyone up. Come on, give me some noise. Um, I, I, I just didn't mind it, and I don't know why. Normally, I would have hated that. Um, I think, what, I think what I was expecting was like the Roger Goodell show, and it wasn't really that. Um, I quite like his costume changes. I mean, that's good. <laughs> um, it's not, you know, it's it's a long time to stand there in a suit. Uh, I like by the end of it, he's basically just in a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> uh, like these seven, these seven round guys, they don't, um, they don't deserve the the Hugo Boss suit. Um, I quite liked seeing, like the little bits of everyone's houses. I thought that was quite good. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, I like oh, that. Cliff oh, Kingsbury's guy, yeah. superstar. Oh, nice. I won't complain. Bond villain, if ever there was. Yeah, yeah, that's just magic. His place, absolutely magic. I was googling it afterwards. Uh, it's it's quite a place. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. Kind of um, the one thing that annoyed me with the whole thing, and this is the, my last soapbox thing for the for the night. Um, the, everyone kept calling that a virtual draft. And like it's not a virtual draft; it's a draft. Yeah. It's the same as any other draft, right? It's people in one place 
phoning in their name to somewhere else and some man reads it out <laughs> the whole the whole like it's a virtual draft thing it was almost like it was a get out of jail clause if the whole thing had gone tits up yeah. and they yeah. go oh it's just a Which virtual draft thing, but, you know they should they should look on this and say some sort of paired back you know event with a bit of personality is better than what they've done before and I know that they're bringing it up to be the biggest event ever you know or the second biggest event in the calendar um, I can't imagine that Las Vegas is going to be um, I can't imagine that's going to put the brakes on it any so I can't see it happening again but I, I enjoyed it more this year than I did than I have in previous years I thought it was really good I, I think we were so devoid of, of any sort of sport content that it, for me it was going to be a hit no matter what but it's I was kind of um, excited for it to go wrong and it didn't <laughs> but it was still enjoyable so I was, I was kind of hoping for a few more dramas than what we had the Bill O'Brien thing was probably about as close as we got when he got a bit annoyed at a telephone but no it was good but, I, I enjoyed it but, it but was Bill just a nice distraction from the way things yeah. are at the moment I mean the highlights like you've got Bill Belichick's dog phoning in one of the picks yeah you've got um uh, thing from the Cowboys, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys from his yacht. super yacht somewhere. Yeah, who he appears to—I don't know if that was his it? wife, his assistant, some other family member—but he started off on a like a landline phone with an actual cord on it. I, was, I haven't seen one of them for <laughs> for because I can't believe that he's not fitted out the phones on that ship. And by the end of it, he had someone holding his mobile phone. You know, that's what you get for the man that has everything. There's someone to hold his phone for him. Um, I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, certainly for the uh, like, like we said, for the uh, situation we're in at the moment, it serves. I'm not obviously not the best, so um, yeah, having a, having a draft like that to kind of lift people's spirits and uh, keep people entertained in the sports world. Uh, it, it was it was a nice break from everything that's going on. Um, and there are actually, believe it or not, there is one particular Chiefs uh, player who's actually on the front line now of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and that is Dr. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, um, who is, I think he's back in Canada, isn't he? He's helping out yeah. with all the going on there. Um, so how awesome is that, first of all, that he's, he's gone from Super Bowl champion to now doctor in hospital, um, in Canadian hospitals fighting the coronavirus? It's incredible, what can you say? Amazing. I, I have his jersey, so I'm a fan anyway, but like the dude is awesome. You know, There's no two ways around that. Nah, I, I, you just gotta have so much respect for for anybody that does it, and for him who really doesn't need to with everything that he else that he's got going on in his life, he doesn't have to go and do that commitment. He could easily just sit at home and um, bask in Super Bowl glory, but no, <laughs> he's he's out there on the front line, and absolute credit to him. I mean, the the, the contrast is stark. Like we started off talking about another Chiefs player who apparently. Well, allegedly, whatever he's done, right? He isn't he isn't smart enough to get him to not get into that situation. Yeah. And then we've got other guys on the team, you know, who have absolutely no need to be doing things, and are, and, are, and you know, have a whole second career that other people could only dream of, you know, because um, he only just qualified a couple of years ago, right? So he's he's studying to be a doctor while well being an elite athlete. Mm. That's incredible. Really good. And he yeah. and he works as um. Did he go specifically go back to train at the same hospital that his mum works at? I think. Oh really? Did the hospital, the hospital, or the place that he studied has a connection back to his mum. You know, so he specifically went back there to, to you know, to help support the place that that, that she works. Uh, um, it's it's I mean especially over here. I don't know what it's been like in the in the states, but over here, our professional sportsmen have had a lot of stick for. You know the, their contributions or otherwise to kind of helping coronavirus. Um, you know, but for someone to 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 be doing that is uh, is really special. Well, yeah. our prime minister actually is a doctor, and he has gone back to work, kind of part time as a doctor during the coronavirus. I I wouldn't claim to be his biggest fan, but he's got some respect for that, even if it was kind of for a a bit of a cheap photo opportunity of hey here's me and my scrubs you know I'm, I'm doing everything I can but you know he, he went back and he, he helped out and fair play to him for that yeah any anyone who's gonna go and put themselves on the front line has got all sorts of respect from me because 
I'm still going to work and I just work in a in a in a studio and I know the guys that I work with we're nervous about going to work and we're not around any sort of level of danger that these guys are at that are, that are really risking their own lives to go to go to work to help other people and you just, I just have so much respect for them because um, I just don't know if I have it in myself to be able to put myself on the line like that in the situation that they're doing and I've just got so much respect for the people that can do it and do do it every day yeah yeah definitely just um, to reiterate just to, to reiterate uh, an offer I made I think when all this started uh, on Twitter um, when the world is back on its axis and everything's back to normal and we finally do get to have our uh, meetups are um, hopefully the Newcastle weekender again um, Everyone uh, who works for the NHS that comes along to our, to our meetups, their first drink is well and truly on me. No, I think we all owe them a drink as well. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a free, <laughs> free night for you. That Newcastle one's gonna be an epic session. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be like a release of the past couple of months, um, just all in one go. Yeah, that's just like very, just like could get very very messy. Oh, I really hope we get to do it. I mean, like, um, we've had a couple of people asking about, I mean, we're going from a facetious point now, right? We've had people asking about whether we're going to do meetups or whatever this year, and for obvious reasons, um, we've done nothing about them because we've got no idea what's going on. And even if we wanted to, you know, no one's in any of the venues that we can get in touch with to try and arrange anything. Mm. Um, so um, just bear with us, I guess, on that one. Um, we may have to arrange them at short notice. Um, I, I don't know, but rest assured, if we can do them, then we will do them, and Newcastle will be the first on the list. I think the schedule comes out in the next week or so, doesn't it? I, I seem to remember them work? saying it was they were going to release it in the first week of May. Oh, really? Well, even with the uh, even with the pandemic, they're still going. Yeah, to I'm sure I saw that somewhere. I wonder what's really. happening with the international games as well, because I know we've there's been a lot of rumours on Twitter about the Chiefs coming over to the UK. I don't know if they're just going to decide that's not a priority this season which I suppose would be fair enough but it, the whole thing really intrigues me because if this season doesn't happen is there a college season? Do the college prospects of next year come out? Do they have another draft? Because then does that mean the Bengals are picking first in the draft again? Or do you reverse it so the Chiefs get the first draft? Never know Take Trevor Lawrence so It's only fair, it's only fair You've got to reverse the draft <laughs> It's going to be intriguing, though, how it all pans out. And it would guarantee the Chiefs to be uh, two-year champions, no matter what happens next season. If they do postpone it, uh, we'll be Super Bowl yeah, champions for extra year, which uh, isn't isn't the worst thing in the world either. No, not at all. <laughs> I just hope we do get a season, though, because ever since we've had Patrick Mahomes, I've had this massive paranoia that something's going to take away us watching Patrick Mahomes play quarterback and we nearly had it with his knee last year and now a pandemic's trying to stop us watching a year of his career I just just hope that we get to watch him play football next year uh, I mean, this year uh, who knows whether they'll need to kind of start the season off behind sort of closed doors or whatever but that gives the Chargers a massive massive advantage <laughs> as well <laughs> no they, they've got to play with with fans in their stadium <laughs> Just pipe in artificial crowd noise and throw them off. <laughs> and what way to uh, open it for um, the Raiders as well if they do end up um, closing closing the doors for the first few games? Because um, obviously they're moving into a new stadium. So um, yeah, that won't exactly be the best start for them either, which uh, I don't say often, but I do feel a bit bad for the Raiders if that is the case because um, they want to kind of go into their new stadium with a bit of... It is this season, isn't it? Yeah, in, yeah. Oh my God, that yeah. 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 So um, yeah, starting off their new... Their new stadium and their new location without any fans wouldn't be the best start for them, which I do feel bad for them a little bit about. Bet they gutted they can't watch David Arnett play quarterback for them next year in their empty stadium. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> uh, and just to wrap things up, I don't know if you guys have seen on Twitter um, about the new ESPN programme that's coming out um, on Alex Smith. Uh, obviously, he, the former chief, went on to the uh, Redskins and before, was it, did he break his, was it a break? Did he break his leg? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It was some gru- gruesome injury to his leg, uh, which was obviously awful um, to see him go down because he was such a such a memorable chief. And um, although he faced his fair share of criticism uh, when he was in Kansas City, um, 
can't help but love the guy um, for all this, all the things he did and uh, where he took the Chiefs. Um, I feel like he he was the building blocks, um, or he was part of the building blocks for um, what we have at the moment because he, I think he built a culture uh, of just I, I don't know what it was about him, but just that the we we got far with him, but just couldn't get over that hurdle. But um, it, I feel like it was the the start of something special when um, with Alex Smith and his twilight years with the Chiefs. Um, but obviously now ESPN are starting a new program uh, called Project 11, which is basically documenting his um, recovery from the injury. Um, are you guys going to be watching that? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely um, check it out. It's the first I've really heard of it today. Um, I mean, he's been on some story by the sounds of the little things that we've heard coming out, and it's been an incredible watch because he is a, he's a great guy and just hope all the best for him. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I don't think there's a, uh, I don't think there's a Chiefs fan uh, who wouldn't want to at least give it a watch and see what it's like because um, it, it is such an interesting story and such a. Um, uh, well, if he comes, if he comes back from it and ends up playing professional football again, like he said he wants to, um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out for him with all the uh, all the surgeries he's going through. I think it's 17 surgeries he's he's gone through um, oh, wow. since the injury, Jeez. which is just drastic. It's crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, we we, um, we spoke the other week about Andy Reid's knee looking a bit gruesome in those pictures. Um, yeah. Just some of the short clips I've seen of, of, of that programme, uh, that, that's a hell of a thing they've done to his leg. I mean, he's come from... Obviously, he snapped it. I mean, when you say did he break his leg, it was like a clean snap. Hmm. Uh, looks like, um, you know, from oh shit, will I ever play again? To oh, hang on, maybe we, he might actually lose the leg. You know, back to will he walk? You know, and then now he's talking about playing again. It's um, it's it's absolutely incredible. And you think as well, someone who's, you know, like you say, at the end of his career, he doesn't have to play football again. You know not even close to having to play football again he clearly just is obviously such a such a competitor that he's not even going to let something like that beat him you know everything that comes in front of him he has to he has to beat in some way um, yeah he's a he's a he's a really good dude yeah and I think if he ever does come back and step on the field again um, even if it is for a couple of games um, it might be a case of the comeback player of the year award is uh, already in his back pocket so um, maybe if he um if he does come back, there might be another award in there for him, um, because seeing him come back from such an injury would would be an amazing story and such an amazing um, journey for him um, to go through from obviously what happened to uh, where he is now, and then hopefully in the future, if he does get on the mend and get back to uh, get back to playing football, it would be great to see. Yeah, I don't I don't know in what aspect, but I do hope he comes back to the Chiefs at some point to do whatever role because he. He does seem to have done an amazing job with Mahomes in that year when he was um, when he was the starter and he was tutoring Mahomes. I I think he'd have a place. I'm sure Andy Reid could find a place for him in Chiefs Kingdom because I think he definitely deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's all that I had written down uh, for tonight. I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to uh, throw in there or talk about. No. Covered it all. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so from the draft to all the interesting things that's happened to individual Chiefs players, uh, that's all for your um, Chiefs podcast this week, uh, the Arrowheads Abroad podcast, obviously. Um, and so from one kingdom to another, uh, we'll be signing out. See you later.